What's going on guys? 360 Digital Closing, the weekly energy market look back episode number. I think we're like 56 or 57. Unbelievable. We've been cranking these shows out. We are finally back on iTunes after a probably two, three week hiatus. If you've missed any of our episodes, guys, don't worry. We still did them. We just threw up on YouTube. Terrible views though. So please go on YouTube, pump those views up too. We'll also, I'll also be uploading um, some of the back end shows here, but I will be making sure to get this show to you guys on iTunes as soon as we cut this time stands about 630 AM here on this gorgeous Friday, October 23rd, 2020. As always, I am your humble correspondent, Michael Tanner, joined by the executive producer of the show, the purveyor of the show, and the director and publisher of The World greatest website oil and gas 360.com how you doing today Stu? it is a beautiful day in the neighborhood you have a hall pass and we have had a lot of news this week oh it's it's been a wild news desk i mean i mean who knows this could be the last show we ever do considering the debate last night so we'll we'll uh as Stu likes to say smoke them if you got them <laughs> and we're going to we're gonna have a great show I mean, we're gonna walk through everything that happened this week i mean it was a, a choppy week you want to talk about on the equities market we're gonna it's basically just gonna be a stimulus roller coaster and, and on the u.s shale side holy smokes we've got two deals concho and uh conico phillips we'll dive into a little bit um parsley and, and pdx we've also got the rumor of another one eqt cnx that dropped right after our live show yesterday so we'll cover everything on there stu's got some crazy stuff in the international news at nigeria Saudi, OPEC, they're doing some just wild things out there, so we'll make sure to get all of that, but first guys, this show is brought to us by the world's greatest website, oilandgas360.com, the place for all of your really energy news, oil and gas news, energy finance news, you name it. We cover it at Oil & Gas 360, guys. I'm telling you, it's your one-stop shop to stay up to date on everything oil and gas market. Specifically, go to that 360 News Desk page, which is under 360 Energy Expert. I bookmark that page because if you're a U.S. shale analyst, if if, if you know if you're just interested in knowing what's going on in the U.S., you know, kind of in the U.S. EMP business, please, guys, highly recommend checking that page. We've got everything there: charts on what the crude, uh, crude oil strip prices are doing. We've got an equities overview chart, all the top news stories that we feed everything. We don't feed every Everything to the homepage of oilandgas360.com. Trust me, we feed everything to the 360 news feed. Why? Because you need to know what's going on. Um, we also have all of our latest daily shows, which are um, getting some really cool traction right now. Highly recommend subscribing to our YouTube channel, checking those out. We come to you live on YouTube every single day around 2 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. Again, while we still can, catch us while you can. Uh, as uh, Leonardo DiCaprio once said, catch me if you can. Um, so I highly recommend subscribe. I mean, it's a great website. Stu also on that website runs the Energy 360 podcast where uh, we, we've been interviewing a bunch of, you know, really we've shifted from just interviewing anybody to now we've got powerhouse guests coming up. We just dropped Steve Reese, who's probably the best midstream consultant. Stu, you have a pretty pretty wild interview coming up. We'll run a story on these guys here later. Um, like next Tuesday, we're cutting that bad boy up, right? I believe so. And who is it? Can you give us a little tease? Um, well, we have, um, shoot, I always try to hide this from you. Uh, I want you to be surprised as a producer. Uh, but we do have Paul, the CEO. Paul D. McKinney, the new CEO over at Ring Energy. Hey, I just got uh, breaking news on the news desk. Ring Energy put out, just put out a press release, and they have a new board member, Mr. Thomas mitchell to the board of directors of ring speaking of ring we're since we're interviewing him tomorrow we've also had uh several international world uh wide 
uh, folks asking to be interviewed. Mm -hmm. So we are picking and choosing. Yeah, no, and uh, we've got a lot of great people coming up. Highly recommend checking out that podcast. iTunes, Spotify, YouTube. We're back online with all these podcasts, guys. I'm telling you, I, you know, we, we, I, I'm, a, I'm, I'm an, I'm a, you know, I come from the startup SaaS world, Stu. So I'm minimal viable product. Just start moving. Whatever we can do to get moving, and we'll figure out the rest later. Why? Well, basically, we've been putting out so much content on all of our platforms. We basically locked ourselves out because we had no space, and we had to basically throw it all under an agency account. But obviously, I can't do that. So we have to get involved with them. It's great now that it's open, but it was about a week hassle. So I apologize for everybody who enjoys listening to the show. Um, we promised you we didn't go anywhere. We were just available on YouTube. Um, if I was better about posting on social and, media, you could hear it. Hey, Michael, let me throw this at you. Uh, because of the way we do our stuff on Oil & Gas 360, uh, we get a ton of views that people can't see on YouTube. So our views are a lot higher than what you see on YouTube, Michael. But that doesn't matter. We're about YouTube views, Stu. Oh, I'm about no. the numbers that people can see. And we got to pump those bad boys up. And they're getting better. Don't get me wrong. we got to yeah. pump those bad boys. I'm telling you, the best thing you can do for the show is go to our daily, is go to our YouTube show page, go to our daily energy market summary, pick the latest one, and just loop it. Just loop it. Do a couple incognito browsers. Just watch it. Get your mom to watch it. Get your friends to watch it. You and your girlfriend before you, or you and your spouse before you go to bed. Watch the show instead of the news. I'm telling you. And you can throw stuff up with Roku very easily. Don't tell me, oh, it's hard to get YouTube on my TV. No, it's not. It's easy. So that's probably the best thing you can do uh, to help the show. And I kid around, but not really. No, uh, and you'll get we're seriously count. We're seriously counting on you. We're seriously. This show lives and dies by whether or not you take the advice I just gave you <laughs> and move forward. Right, don't you give um, away swag. I, <laughs> well, I mean, this could be, I mean, so as I mentioned, we could have two, three shows left. So, I mean, we're, we're, we're on borrowed time here, it sounds like, according to the debate last night. I think we're fine, uh, and we are not going to need this, okay? Look at this. This is my mouse fibulator. <laughs> we, will not, <laughs> we will not need that. I feel, I'm feeling good. Yeah, and, and you know, I think, uh, you know, I think that about covers all the clerical work here, and I, I think it's about time to move in um, uh, kind of to the week that was here in the markets. You know, we'll start here. You know, kind of give you an idea of uh, of how the equities market traded. This entire week, as we walk through the equities markets, it's going to be stimulus talks. If you remember last Friday, the word on the street was stimulus talks are probably going to be announced Monday, Tuesday, or Wednesday. I and mean, that was the word. I mean, we, we had Pelosi, House Speaker Nancy Pelosi, meeting with Steve Muchin, um, U.S. Uh, Treasury Secretary, to discuss, hey, let's get something. You remember we're in that $1.6 trillion to one point to two point four trillion number, I think uh, House Democrats are, are are above that. I think they're two point you know two point four trillion, and I think that the Republicans are a little lower. Seems like Trump is motivated to get a deal done, though. But you know, reports came out on Monday that you know the, the sentiment around that is not good, and as you'll find out, nothing has happened. We're sitting here on Friday, so markets. You know, if you're talking about that ES contract, uh, thirty four ninety dropped all the way down thirty four twenty. I mean, it's a seventy point drop in the S and P uh, in that futures market. Really off the sentiment um, of the fact. The quote out of the the quote out of the. Um, Washington Post was, we're saying to them, we have to freeze the design on some things. Are we going to try to do it with this language or not? I'm optimistic, but again, we've seen back and forth on this a lot. So when you're hearing 
that type of stuff coming out of the House Speaker's office, trust me, I, I don't think a deal's getting done. And if it does get done, I mean, I think it needs to get done. For At this point, you have to, you know, you, you know, it's the old phrase, poop or get off the pot. You know, at well, some point, like, we've got to make a decision here, Stu. I'm, I am very upset with all politicians. Any professional politician needs to be voted out. Now, that being said, uh, I don't Barrett know. Hatches 2020. Go listen to Always <laughs> Bet on Black with Paula Glover, the American Association of Blacks and Interviews. This is a, a client of ours. They are and great we lose her podcast. Oh, she just interviewed this this guy, Barrett Hatches. He's the CEO of Chicago Family Health. Holy smokes, Hatches 2020. Yes, I think he. I will vote for him. By the way, though, if you're putting in so much pork that that ugly pig cannot even float, I, you can't even try to get that ugly pig with all the pork that's in there. And it's both sides. It's not one party. It's, it's a both. despicable pig... Uh, pork fest going on at my expense here's here's my counter though what's the difference between 1.6 trillion and 2.4 trillion at that point just sign the deal no 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 it's because they are putting in free stuff to non-us citizens you have to be kidding me I, I'm going to go get airsick. You know how we travel around the world in our international news desk? I'm about to go get airsick. I feel you. And I agree with you. I think that stuff's bad, but welcome to politics. That stuff's been happening for 100 years. Oh, we've, been stu- yeah, we've been stuffing these bills, and the numbers weren't this. So I get your point. I just, you know, at, at this point, you're, the markets are swaying when we look at the, you know, we look at the U.S. equity markets. They're swaying based off this news. And when we move over, you know, specifically on Monday, um, crude oil actually had a, had a choppy day, partly because, again, COVID-19 headlines are moving oil markets right now. Some of the numbers from the East Coast look bad. Some numbers from the, the part of the country that, you know, Stu lives in are decent. I'm Colorado. We're kind of in this weird, we're not locking down, but now you're kind of required to wear a mask whenever you're outside. Yeah, um, I'm not. But, uh, <laughs> um you know, but it's just Denver. I'm on like kind of the outskirts of Denver almost. So it's just been a, uh, you know, it's the, the, the COVID-19 news is really moving. Oil opened um, that afternoon trade eh, about 40.95, which is actually the point of control for the week. I actually saw session highs later in that afternoon session. Got up all the way to 41.36. Um, big news of the day, though, in the oil side, ConocoPhillips, the rumor dropped. On Friday, that they were interested in buying Concho, deal becomes official. All stock, fifteen percent premium. Which, you know, of all the M and A deals, and we're going to cover another one between Pioneer and Parsley. Th- I mean, this one makes sense from all ends. First off, I think the premium is, it's, it's. I mean, it's better than what we've seen on the marketplace. Is it as good as they could have gotten? No, it's an all stock deal. They could, they should have gotten some cash in this bad boy. Um. You know, to kind of quickly run over the highlights, 1.46 shares of ConocoPhillips to each uh, Concho shareholder. Again, 15% premium based upon those October 13 prices. It creates, you know, they say it creates the largest independent oil and gas company in the region. That's, that's not true um, with 1.5 million BOE after the acquisition we just saw. So it was, it was right for about two, three days. 
Um, so, so they had, you know, their press release was cool for good days. Uh, expected cost savings, gotta love these numbers. Five hundred million over twenty twenty two. Quarter three cash flow expected about six hundred million for Concho, which is actually a pretty decent number. Uh, CEO of Concho, Tim Leach, is going to be the executive vice president and president of Lower Forty. He's also appointed to the board of directors. My first takeaway is that first off, you're the CEO of Concho. You have a great gig. You're the darling of the Permian. Everybody wants to buy you, or you can merge with, some, or you can buy somebody. Now all of a sudden, you get put in charge of running a unit that's supposed to now save five hundred million in two years. Dude's gonna hate his life by then. If uh, I swear, I promise you, he will not be. He, I, I think I think he retires very quickly from this he position. He is road. He is road. Retire. You like him? Uh, road retired on active duty. He can walk into his office and curl up and take a nap under his desk. He's got a handcuff on. Golden I feel you, but he's—I mean—he's president of Lower Forty Eight. I mean, he's—he's I mean, he's in charge of managing this merger. Whether or not he does any work on it doesn't—I don't care. The fact is, if it fails, guess who gets blamed? Him. He's in charge. That's where I was like, why would you take this gig? Just sit on the board. Do what Matt pa- Gallagher did over Parsley. Just take your board seat and enter retirement. I mean, it's—I would oh, you know, a, go he's drink a some. Good, t- good guy, and he will probably work himself silly. So, yeah, he's like you. I don't get you, cats. You're just working 24. I don't got just, and it's a good thing. I don't know him personally. I've got no ill will again. It's just, I, that's not a deal I'm terribly, I would have, you know, maybe, hey, maybe he's, he's excited to work. It's probably, he, he got a, you know, probably got a great paycheck. Conoco probably pays really well. I think a quick, you know, I, I'd recommend looking at the news article that we ran on Oil and Gas 360 on it. Um, my, my quick takeaway is it is, well, one, I think this is a slight shift in, in what our, all, our our thought was about M&A. I think a lot of people thought we were going to see this really extensive M&A market and that the buyers in this were going to be the large caps who were going to attempt to move up into the super major quote-unquote category. Yep. Well, I think Concho becoming a seller at the deadline for all my baseball buddies out there, I think completely flips the narrative to Obviously, the valuations on the small cap companies suck because I guarantee somebody like Concho looked at small cap Permian players. I mean, we don't have to say who the names are, but we we know who they looked at. You know what I mean? Per, pure Permian operators. They looked at Parsley. I guarantee they did. Yep. They looked at, we're going to talk about company like Ring. They're, they looked at Ring. They looked at, you know, I, I got a buddy who works for this private company called, uh, what is it? Crown Quest. First off, these Crown Quest, have you heard of these guys, Stu, in Midland? No. Dudes are drilling like crazy. Haven't stopped. He said he's been busy for six months. He's a completions engineer for him. I was like, are you kidding me, dude? His dad's uh, uh, not an executive, but his dad's higher up over at Contra. So I hit him up this week. I was like, ooh, how's the, know anything? Any little, t- he didn't know anything. His dad's like something like, like manages like the, the intern. It's something weird. He's a ex-engineer, and now he just like runs the intern pool. Good for him. Yeah, we have lots of sources Boom. in every different little nook and cranny. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We do. But uh, um, my point is, you know, so like the, all these perm, pure Permian operators, they were looked at. Concho looked at them. EOG looked at them. Or is, is looking at them. Yep. Cardigo Phillips looked at them. Exxon's looking at them. And, and you know what they're saying? I don't know about the. I don't know if I like the valuations. At least that's what that's my interpretation of of what this deal shows. 
Um, I think as we get into the Pioneer Parsley deal, that's a little bit different. I, I think that there, there's some other stuff going on over there. Um, but from this one specifically, you know, I think this is a damper on what we thought was going to be this massive consolidation on the small caps. Um, you know, so, you know, I don't know if you, you know, Stu, we've had an opportunity to sit on this deal now for, you know, four or five days. You know, where do you think I'm right, wrong? Where do you see this deal and what, and what do you think it means? Uh, I think you're right. And uh, I, uh, I I really think people are confused on what to do. I mean, Michael, uh, you, you may have good stuff, but the uh, non-gap shale treadmill that everybody has been on is like going to be a real problem. And the Permian has some, got lots of stuff, but you got to keep drilling because of the fast depletion rates. So I think the confusion on what's in the Permian is there. And I think this merger was actually a good one. No, I, I'm not bearish on this merger. I'm, I think it's a great play for, ConocoPhillips, and I think it's just sad that we've gotten to the point where Contro Resources, the only solution that they have is to sell for a 15% all-stock premium. They should be selling for the Anadarko-style 55 bills. Right. And instead, no. I mean, those Anadarko executives, holy smokes. We'll have to do a special on those cats because those – oh, my goodness. Let's get them on. We have – no, we don't want to get those cats on. I'm I'm not interested in, in, in having those guys on in a professional capacity. And that's why we'll run a special and we'll talk about why. Let's do it. Um we'll talk to anybody. Yeah, I'm I, I'm good. What happens to on the international side on Monday? I got Nigeria doing some electrical gap closing. Yeah. Uh, Kremlin and OPEC. Saudi does some exports rising. It's busy on that day. You know what's uh, kind of funny? Uh, you take a look at OPEC Plus and uh, OPEC Plus. Let's see. That was on the 19th. OPEC Plus is just getting the snot kicked out of them. And the reason and OPEC nobody is holding on to the rules, kind of like politics. I don't care what, if you're Republican, Democrat, Libertarian, it doesn't matter. You don't trust them. Now, you got Venezuela's uh, excluded from this. You have Iran, Iraq. You have um, Russia. Uh, You have all these folks that are just saying, oh, yeah, I'm going to give you my Vladimir Putin imitation. Uh, maybe I sound like, you know, soprano, but hey, hey, my uh, name is vodka. I just want vodka. Uh, yeah. So you're going to say you're going to put vodka. It's vodka. Dosvidanya. <laughs> uh, you know, we're, uh, we, we are, <laughs> that was horrible. Um, but anyway, they don't care. And you and I had talked about it. They this. just drink vodka all day. They just drink vodka all day. Okay. It's okay. This week, Vladimir Putin had talked to the prince at OPEC and uh, they can't control it. Putin does not care. He has, uh, we had talked about, I need to fact check this. Uh, the GDP of Russia's uh, energy, I believe was either 25 or 30%. He has cash flow problems right now. Do you think he's gonna go, hey, um, you know, I'm going to hold up to what you're saying for printing when they got, uh, you know, 
uh, 30 cent gas. Uh, and then they got like $1 oil that they can make money on. Come on. Come on, man. No, I, no, and I mean, a lot of this stuff that you're talking about was, was moving oil markets that day, too. I mean, oh, you look yeah. at the price of oil on Monday, was, yeah, and was, the, was sporadic. We saw 40, we saw 40.81, we saw 41.36. Yeah. I mean, there was money to be made swing trade in that bad boy. And uh, Saudi crude uh, exports rise to 5.97 um, uh, um, barrels per day in August. So when you talk about that kind of, were you taking a selfie? For our yeah. podcast. Taking it Yeah, we're doing a little like behind the scenes, Stu. Just continue. Oh, okay. I thought I caught you doing a selfie. You were doing the uh holding your own rabbit ears up. No, I was listener. doing a little like pano for the behind the scenes of the podcast, trying to put out some content. Okay. Well back to Saudi. Uh, <laughs> we I love the Saudi uh Aramco folks. They are absolutely uh good management, good numbers. They can produce a barrel of oil for under $3 a barrel. They don't care. And their exports are at 5.97 million barrels per day in August. That is right. In August? In August. Okay. That's a lot of oil. And that was just under their quota, but it was anyway. No, OPEC cannot keep track of everybody's quota well it's also it's it, talking about those splits do i mean i'm looking at my terminal i mean the we're down to a dollar ten that curve that that crude oil futures curve is flat because of a lot of this stuff you're talking about well you know later on the week we'll talk about that on another day but uh, iraq and iran had some uh, real hits this week mm-hmm. tuesday as we roll into tuesday might as well just Keep on trucking on. Equities market. I mean, it's a little bullish on the equities market. Um, mostly early in the trading session. Um, we saw you know, indices rise to session highs. And then souring stimulus after uh, Nancy Pelosi and, and House Speaker Mutin. I just mixed that. <laughs> Treasury Secretary Mutin, House Speaker Nancy Pelosi, failed to reach an agreement. They come out of a meeting that was supposed to happen in the afternoon. And all of a sudden, no deal, boom, tanks. We actually finished eh, about 100 points lower, considering we were up about 400 points on the day. Um, you know, and, and the quote was, we'll know where we are at the end of the week. Great. She's optimistic, though. <laughs> uh, crude oil price is up um, off, uh, off OPEC meeting, which is really nice. Um, settling about 41 bucks. Um, Stu will cover a little bit more about what that OPEC agreement looks like. Um, on the natural gas side, of, I forgot to cover that yesterday. Um, we saw natural gas boom and be very bullish this whole week, partly because um, both LNG um, facilities are being still offline. We have Sabian Pass. Um, it's still it's getting feed gas, but it's not getting all the feed gas that it should be. And LNG exports, as Stu will also talk about here today, um, increasing steadily because of this colder weather that's now moving in. Remember, natural gas trades off the weather. I, I know I sound like I'm, this isn't the weather channel, but if you're going to trade natural gas, folks, if you're going to trade natural gas, guys, you got to what you, you got to subscribe to a really nice weather source or follow a news source, oil and gas news desk, who covers the weather and what's going on because you're, you're, you're going to get yourself caught in a cold front. And I don't mean that. And I mean that pun intended. Um, 
But colder weather moving in that short-term outlook for this week was supposed to be really cold. I know it. I'm sitting here in Denver right now. It was cold all week. I had to, for the first time, I had to go put two jackets on to go walk my dog this morning. Two jackets. Not just the, not just the hoodie and the sweats. I had to go jacket over the hoodie. So Normally you if you trade natural gas, that's bullish for prices. And we, we saw, you know, you know, natural gas gets above three. I am all, I'm also three jackets. You're right. I'm all I'm wearing three. Um, <laughs> uh, so natural gas Monday and Tuesday really high. We actually saw two ninety. We didn't we didn't see three dollar gas until later in the week. But natural gas was bullish on both days. Um, on the news side, you know, this is Tuesday afternoon. Reports Pioneer Energy to buy parsley. Deal goes through on Wednesday, which we will cover. Um, Talos Energy tied off their first uh, Gulf of Mexico. Well, they were up big this week. Uh, supposed to do about twelve thousand barrels a day. Who good. Uh, Good, good, good little stuff to get in on. LNG exports rise amid colder weather. Stu's holding that up, I think, right? What are you oh, holding yeah. up? Uh, natural gas futures gained 4% on Tuesday. And LNG exports. So here we are with Stu's notes on Tuesday that you just talked about. So what I... So, so give us an idea. Where's all this? LNG exports are on the rise. Do we have any? Do we, do we know where it's going yet? Um, Chenier in, uh, tankers were entering and leaving uh, Chenier's Sabine Pass, um, and the amount of flowing uh, exceeded 6.9 uh, BCFD in October, up from 5.7. Isn't that crazy? Well, it's also trying to take, you know, I mean, if we're exporting more, it allows all of this excess natural gas that's going to get come back online with some of these production wells that are, you know, inevitably going to get turned back on once these M&As come, you're going to need to see this stuff get drawn. So the fact that we're exporting is definitely going to be bullish for natural gas prices. Um, I want to teach on the international side, OPEC, what happened there? That moved that that into that this morning, Michael. And that is, uh, I just ran on the news desk this morning. China is importing more, natural gas and uh, LNG. So uh, there is more LNG demand, which is good for the U.S. and everything else. I can cover that one here in a bit. Now, let's go to the International News Desk. Tuesday was an absolutely nutty day. I mean, just get a stick and beat me. Okay, uh, this comes back to the second call. I'm holding up my uh, article that they uh, actually this is the energy minister Dasvidanya Vodka um, he basically said it's too early to talk about even the future of OPEC in any deal beyond December uh, Vladimir Putin and Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman had their second call on this day the Russians are considering to support rollover and anyway, it's just amazing. This article is on the news yeah. desk. Holy smack, Batman. Okay. Now, here's another one that affected everything. Minister of Energy for Morocco uh, on energy investments. He's got a $5.5 billion he's already spent. He's now going to add another $5.5 billion on, are you ready? Hold it, hold it, I'm holding it up. It is renewables. Hey, I went through their GDP and what they've got, they have no money. 
So, you know, you sit back and kind of go, where are they getting the money? And I'm tracking it down. It appears they're getting it from China. Mm -hmm. and uh, China's contracts are going to be in there. So uh, I did not know that at the time I ran that story. The next story coming around the corner, Nigerian uh, Nigeria uh, has passed India uh, in uh, having more folks uh, not available to uh, power, and they are looking for funding to close the $2.5 billion uh, electricity gap between what they need and what they uh, got. Okay, moving right along here. Okay. okay, China. Okay, let's go back to China. We love China. It's kind of like, um, um, oh, Governor Como. He's a, a joke joke waiting to happen. Here's China. Okay, you got a look. meatball. Meatball Cuomo. Oh yeah. Eh, well, I can't even do it. Uh, okay, look at this one. China <laughs> issues warning over Russia oil trade fraud they had people you said it on gmail hey we want to trade you know hey so china issues a warning because all of the gas pipelines and oil pipelines coming from russia to china on their imports they i'm telling you g suite hosts billions of dollars of fraud every year and it's not their fault it's just anybody can spin up a gmail account <laughs> it would be it would be great to track the fraud that's gone through gmail they're getting speaking of google they're getting they have a fat lawsuit that came down the pipeline this week we don't really cover the the, the equities markets specifically in it, but yeah google fat lawsuit came down the pipeline so might as well kick them while they're down oh yeah they they deserve it <laughs> happened to a bunch of nicer guys okay this last one, uh, I've got several others, but let me cover this. This is uh, Iraq over about a two or three week uh, period. They have revived their oil company. Last week, we uh, uh, ran a story that they had just appointed a new uh, CEO to this. They revive, they have now kicked it back open. And let me throw a couple numbers here. Uh, tension uh, between Baghdad and uh, Airbell have determined, uh, deteriorated recently at mm -hmm. OPEC plus because they are going to be pumping out uh, oil. They are broke and they need to put out money. Our agreement was not done properly. They're feeling like they got the raw end of the deal, and they are going to be putting out 100,000 barrels per day from this oil field and oil company that they're doing. Under the OPEC, I, uh, they pledged to reduce by 1.1 uh, million barrels per day in May and July, and they did not do it. So... Iraq wow. is changing the numbers here, and they, they feel like they got a raw end deal. That's why OPEC and OPEC Plus does not have a newspaper big enough to smack this puppy in, in the nose, you know, when they're – anyway, they got a hard problem trying to control They do. No, they really do. And, you know, from a – yeah, no, I mean, they really do. Um, it's, it's, it's pretty wild to think about, you know, OPEC Plus and, and OPEC operates as a cartel, but – they really operate as it's really like a, a family of 13 people that really don't like each other. They're all adopted family members. And really, at the end of the day, they get that their allegiance is not to OPEC, it's to themselves. So how do I make sure that OPEC does what's best in my interest? I mean, that's where all these people come into this meeting thinking. It's just it's just the wild 
geopolitical politics of all of this stuff. And then specifically, you know, these reports move markets, and Iraq knows that. They may have no intention of actually doing this, but hey, if we can prop oil up for a buck or we can drive oil, to, you know what I mean? There's, you know, it's, I don't want to be cynical, but I mean, it's just how the world works. Yeah, well, uh, it used to be a handshake was a good thing. Uh, you can Not press anymore. somebody on a handshake. Um, you can't, you know, somebody put something in writing, you used to trust it. Doesn't have, oh, we will no. honor the deal. Because, <laughs> yeah, don't get me wrong. Um, anything else for Tuesday? I mean, I was, you know, that's pretty much it. Yeah. Um, because as we moved into Wednesday, the, the, the Pioneer Parsley deal gets, gets officially announced. 4.5% premium. Yeah. It's about $8 billion acquisition when you include the debt. It'll be a fun Thanksgiving at the Sheffields. <laughs> we had some funny jokes on that show. They're doing two turkeys this year. Not what, not just once, dude. They're going two. They're going double, huh? Double deep fried turkey. You ever deep fried turkey? Have you ever deep fried a turkey, Stu? Uh, I've seen one shoot through the moon. Uh, I mean, it just blew up. Blow it up. Like, you, you saw it live or just like you saw it again? <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. It, and why does it do that? Because you just dro- you're just you dropping something frozen into the oil? I think he was kind of like slow. Oh, I feel you. That's all right. I would love to deep fry turkey. But those things, again, you, you, you hear the stuff. So, um, point being, when we move into the you know, market specifically uh, on the equity side, I mean, it was a choppy day. Um, you know, you know, tech actually had a decent day. Snapchat came out and actually reported really decent earnings. Moved my NQ up about 0.7. Anything else stayed fairly flat. Um, the, the quote that was out on the stimulus market was, quote, we still have a ways to go from White House Chief of Staff Mark Meadows after they met um, Tuesday afternoon. So, or Wednesday afternoon, excuse me. So, <sighs> um, again, stimulus, you know, and that is, you see the over, you'll see on Thursday, the overnight session just drove it down low. Um, we move over into the crude oil markets. Libya's back at it again. Stu's been running a bunch of stuff on them last week. They're at it again, turning on multiple fields. Uh, crude oil prices really fall amid those reports, trading all the way down to, we were below 40 bucks at one point, selling about 40, 13. We went ahead and ran the show. It's about 3% from the overnight levels. Natural gas uh, inventories went ahead and spiked after there was supposedly going to be a 39 BCF draw. Um, we also saw crude oil inventories drop this day um didn't really move markets we actually expected about a 500,000 barrel build we saw about a million barrel draw but finally utilization though dropped to 72.9 percentage points getting down to those pre-pandemic um low or you know those you know mid-pandemic lows which is not good to see uh gas prices dropped two dollars and fifty cents around the nation total u.s stocks as i mentioned we're down a million that brings us to 488.1 million weekly production i don't take too much stock pun intended, into this just because of the fact that we're coming off Hurricane Delta. It was down about 600000 9.9 for U.S. field production. Those dates are all through um, October 16th. On the, as I mentioned, the natural gas site, API came out and reportedly is going to do a 39 BCF drop, but we'll see what happens. Uh, we finally, and that drove prices above $3. And I mean, people were having parties. When's the last time we freak out over $3 gas, which is... Uh, Kind of a funny thing. Um, we also saw Baker Hughes and Schlumberger come out. Uh, these couple, uh, Baker Hughes, Schlumberger, and Halliburton come out and all drop earnings this week. I kind of want to cover those all bulk in one when we get to the end here. Um, but to kind of give you the highlights, um, 
Schlumberger post quarter to quarter uh, uh, slight gain. They do see a drop in their international stuff though, um, and they see a nice little increase um, in, in equity split when they bring over that one stim deal. So we 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 haven't seen it on the on their stamp yet. Um, Halliburton comes out and reports losses. Um, Baker Hughes comes out to actually reports slight gains from quarter to quarter. So you know, all in all, for the U.S. oil field service, I know we don't cover that terribly close on this show. I think that the oil field services. If if you're not Halliburton, Slumberger, Baker Hughes, or, or or Liberty at this point, you know you're done. I'm sorry. It, there, there ain't no money in it for the big boys. That don't mean there's that means there's no money in it for the small guys because that means there's capital. That means you have to go raise money. You have to do all of these you know equity offerings, all of these different jazz to just keep, you know you know keep it alive. And these smaller guys aren't gonna be able to do that. So you know. I go recommend checking out on the 360 News. Just, just type in all these companies. You can go look at their uh, revenue state. You can go look at their quarterly reports. Um, not much, not, not, you know, not much to feast the eyes on. Um, Stu on the international side, Iran, Iraq. What's this Libya stuff? Get, get us update on Libya. Well, so we've got Iraq on Tuesday, Libya on Wednesday. Oh no, Iraq kind of wiped them out again on uh, Tuesday, Michael. And the Iraq oil minister uh, gave some numbers out and he said he's going to increase his production 7 million barrels per day by 2027. And he said they're going to go to 2 million barrels per day capacity in the next few years. Uh, He also expects the second quarter of 21 to be more positive when we get all the power or all the items turned on. So that was... That was a double whammy by them this week. Now, let's travel over to Libya. We have talked about on the news desk how Libya, uh, when Muammar Gaddafi in 2011, just, uh, uh, as we say in Texas, bloated up and uh, wiped everything out. Um, they, they had been doing uh, almost nothing. They got Turkey involved and they started producing uh, about 100,000 barrels mm. per day. Now they're getting up to 500,000 barrels Ooh. per day. And part of that is the, forgive me for speaking in Texan, but I have no idea how to properly say this, but it's the Abu Atifel, uh field. And it's coming online on the 24th, which is tomorrow. And that's 70,000 barrels per day in this oil field coming back online. So, holy smokes, Libya, I'm holding up for our podcast listeners to the YouTube channel. Libya, man. And, uh, oh, just as a side note, uh, we covered three weeks ago, Libya and Turkey have been fighting in the Mediterranean for offshore um, uh, rights on all of the uh, Mediterranean, causing all the other Club Med folks to go nutty. Okay. Uh, October 21st also had her Argentina as I'm holding this up. They are looking at $5 billion in investments and it's about energy independence. This is all about natural gas because they're trying to reduce their natural Mm -hmm. gas. So we applaud um, the president uh, trying to help get energy independent. We like uh, uh, companies trying to do uh, energy independence. So, and then, uh, Suncor, this goes into it, uh, mm-hmm. said to study their North North Sea stuff. 
So kind of an interesting. interesting. Well, that that I we need to talk about this because I think this is this goes against everything I think I've been thinking about in terms of where the better investments are, Stu. Because this, what is this? Well, um, Africa, Angola, all these other places, the majors are you know we've covered BP, Exxon, and they're sitting here like this. Uh, for our podcast listeners, I'm holding my hands up. And I'm going palms up, and then here's all the majors in my left hand. <clears throat> They're exiting stage left. Here's Saudi Aramco and all the other folks in the Middle East. They're going oil. But uh, when you take a look at the only place the majors are staying mm-hmm. is in the uh, offshore business. And so we didn't, you pointed this out, Michael. We didn't understand why they were trying to sell off assets in there. But Reistat this morning on October 23rd, let me hold that up for our folks that are on the podcast. Uh, the report indicates oil production costs reached lows, making, making deep water one of the cheapest sources of the supplies. So this report is phenomenal by our buddies over at Reistat. And it's showing in great detail that they are having all of the majors are staying in offshore. So um, some folks are selling offshore, Michael. Some are keeping it. And, um, and in the Mediterranean, they're going absolutely nutty. Uh, yesterday, we talked about Turkey having to do it because I found out that they are broke. And that's why they're rattling sabers and they have no money. So they're trying to get any kind of natural gas they can. Yeah, Turkey's got some some interesting stuff going on, and you've definitely heard that. Um, yeah, I mean it's uh, the only the international game is is it's a shell game of of who's got the production, who wants it, where's the currency going. It's unbelievable. This is the other story we're working on right now. If you're on the podcast, I'm holding up a map, and there's a bunch of little dots all over it. This is China mm-hmm. investments in oil in these seaports. I'm trying to figure out mm-hmm. how much this is going to impact the Mediterranean, which is going nutty yeah. in offshore drilling. So China. Wow. Yeah, no. Um, it's, it's, I guess it's, it's just pretty tough to watch. You know, I, I think some of that stuff came back, you know, we're seeing more gas fields with Iran and India on Thursday, but um, before we dive into that, you know, on the market side on Thursday, you know, again, you know, the, the quote was, quote, we're just about there from House Speaker Nancy Pelosi. So, so you know, indices kind of just inched green. Um, you know, she said, if we're not making progress, I wouldn't spend five seconds in these conversations. This is not anything other than, I think, a serious attempt. So, I mean, that's good to see from both sides of the aisle. Uh, indices up about 0.5 percentage points down. Uh, tech stocks were fairly flat. Dow Jones was up. Labor Department reported about 787,000 um, jobless claims, um, which is the first time we saw below 800,000 which during the pandemic. So, pretty decent uh, economists who were pulled expected all those first-time applicants coming about 80 um, 875 so seeing that number at 787 um, pretty good crude oil prices regained some of their overnight losses as that bearish report as we talked about um, um, on the oil and gas uh, stock side um, you know really turned bullish on these job numbers crude oil prices got up to about 4061 natural gas prices ended up falling amid a 40 
a 9 billion cubic feet increase. Remember, we were expecting a 36 billion increase, ended up at 30, uh, 49 billion. Um, those losses ended up being tampered a little bit by some mid, a Midwest coal front that we're currently experiencing right now. And there's also, as Stu mentioned, you know, more LNG demand coming through. Um, you know, and that was according to an NGI report. If you're not following natural gas intelligence and you're in the natural gas space, joke's on you. Uh, natural gas prices were about $3 even, two ninety nine five when we did that. Uh, I think the real interesting part of these gasoline crack spreads that are going, we're talking RBO, Henry Hub, $5.05 against Brent. Lowest since September 4th. So, you know, that's a, a, a good sign if you're a, a U.S. exporter of, of natural gas. Um, to see those crack spreads because what that means is these refiners are going to be bidding up uh, all of your natural gas because if they can now start getting if this spread between Henry Hub and um, Brent is now whoop falling some money to be made on the U.S. side um, as we mentioned, DOE natural gas stocks, we saw 49 billion BKF build. Highly recommend checking out both this and our crude oil inventory dashboards available on the world's greatest website, oilandgas360.com. We saw regionally you know, drops in most regions or uh, builds in most regions. The Midwest actually saw the biggest build, which is interesting considering we've got this cold front coming through. So hopefully next week we can see a little draw here. Um, yeah, a couple interesting other quotes that dropped first. Uh, Transocean ExxonMobil came out said they're laying off workers on Transocean side. It's just because they can't get another offshore drilling contract, which I guess makes sense. It's a capital-intensive business. But, hey, our buddies at Rystad are saying deep water is the best way to go. So hopefully we can see this drill ship get picked back up. On our operator side, ExxonMobil said times are coming, Stu. What was that report? You 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 wanted to run that on the international side. What? Give me you – know, there's an email he sent out. He was very unspecific, right? Yes. Um, Darren Woods? He was very unspecific. Specific, but he told his employees, uh, we're about to lay a bunch of people off. Have a great day. Sleep well tonight. Um, and he uh, also, it's going to, and I put on the publisher's note on that, that with all the people they're laying off and they are going green, they are not going to be able to uh, put all a whole bunch of other people in these green jobs. So it is a devastating thing for beloved uh, oil and gas workers. Yeah, no, it's it's not going to be good. At least they don't have to reapply for their jobs. Uh, they better get some training. Speaking of Chevron, um, CFO came out. Whenever you hear, ma- you know, super majors executives coming out and proclaiming something, you've missed the you you you're two week you you're months behind schedule. His quote on CNBC was, too many companies with too weak of balance sheet. Well, welcome to the club, bro. Like, I'm sure he knew that way before he was able to come out and say that, but that just gives you an idea of how far things have swung in the opposite direction. We wouldn't have heard that 18 months ago out of Chevron's mouth, even if he believed it or not. The fact that things have fallen this far where they have he's comfortable going out there, Pierre Barber, too many companies with too weak of a balance sheet. They need to delever. That was the, that was the quote from Scott Sheffield. They need to delever. Well, what does that mean? lever that is your new non-gap favorite thing to say right up there with free count free cash outflow <laughs> and d de- i need to delever by increasing my free cash outflow that's that's someone's i've once once i see that in an ir report i can okay. retire happy knowing i've done I, my job I, I never saw that in my mba i saw it as it was on a uh a, a, um I think it was WeWork. 
put it on their earnings. Okay, I, I like, looked it back up. It was WeWork. Free cash outflow. That, just you got to. Okay, their IR department suddenly got crossed with their marketing department. Yeah. That's sometimes how it works. You bet. Um, all right. You know, that kind of brings us up, you know, actually, Stu, there's stuff on the international news desk. What happened on the international side? Well, on the international side, uh, Trillion uh, made a new discovery in the Black Sea. And we also had India, which was almost kind of funny because India got tossed out of uh, Iran and they had actually discovered that field, that really large field in Iran, and then they got thrown out. So that's kind of like kissing your sister almost. Um, and I was looking at this. Oh, don't hit your head against your microphone. That was funny. That was funny, Michael. And, <laughs> and for our podcast listeners, he's just beating his head against the microphone. Okay. <laughs> With that being said, uh, the uh, they don't have the technology to fill in where these three Indian companies mm-hmm. were, were doing I can't find anything on there that how they can pick that back up. So I'm not sure who got in a, uh, I don't want to use the word pissing contest. So, because this is a family friendly show, but let's use spitting contest. I think that, I think that's a better term. <laughs> <laughs> There's a couple other things we could say. Oh yeah. But you know, family friendly show. Um, I, we got to do it, Stu, because on Thursday or last night, the debate did happen. Now, for record, I didn't watch. I would rather put my head into a sandbox and slowly suffocate myself. But I what I, uh, I watched part of it um, and uh, a good chunk of it. Uh, Trump was better and. Uh, they had the good. They had the mute button, and they used it when he was talking about health care. They shut him off. Interesting. Yeah. Now, uh, the moderator, who is a, a very uh, much a Democrat, I have to hand it to her. I thought she did one of the best jobs moderating this. Okay. Uh, and I, I have to give her hands up. She tried. These two knotheads um, are very tough to control. Now, oh, um, what was the big line? Give us because I, I was getting I was out last night. I had to go do something other than watch this debate. I'm getting blown up on my phone. I'll tell By, you. What. Are you watching? Trump. Are you watching? What, what give? What was the quote? Uh, uh, the, I think. Um, hey, big man. Um, you know, he had in his, in the audience, the guy that's about to testify against yeah, 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 uh, that, Joe Biden. the Hunter Biden. That's right. I'm talking about what was his statement on oil? Cause that's, oh, I'm, that's yes. what, tell us what it was. No, it, the, you watched the debate. The quote I, I heard, that. the quote I heard was he's shutting it down. Oh yeah. It's donezo. We're pack up, send him home, move okay. into renewables. We're going electric. Oh, that part. Here's the reason why. You and I is that talk. true? Is that the quote was a little more substantive? Than that. It was basically we're transitioning. You know, to be fair, he's like we're transitioning, but I my, I don't 
the oil is done in this country. I'm ending subsidies for fossil fuels. Yikes. Um, subsidies for fossil fuels, but he'll pay Ill- illegal aliens. Nice. Okay. Um, you know, you sit back. I want to stay out of politics. Uh, I think they all need to have term limits. I don't care. Republican, Democrat, uh, Libertarian. Hatch is 2020. Do what? Hatches 2020. Just, oh, absolutely. I really, really like him. I'm with you on term limits. I think everybody needs term limits. But who, who's going to get themselves elected to a position and give themselves a term limit? Well, look, you've been 47 years in office, and you can't take care you of You don't know how to do anything else. He's, he's got no other skills. Okay, and he's been 47 years, never run a company, and he made... I'm going to have to fact okay. check this because okay. if anybody fact check uh, Biden last night, they would have their hands full. Pinocchio, his nose went through the building. Uh, I was trying to fact check and my pen broke on my no surface. Way. You can't do it. Yeah, there's no way. No. I will push back on the argument and we'll have to save this for another show. The idea that we need someone a businessman running the country, I disagree with that. The government is not a business. Business is not a government. We don't need someone. I, I, we don't have to dive into it. That's just where me and you slightly disagree. I don't care if you're a businessman or not. That, that's the same thing. Well, well I'm going to say two things. Trump does a lot of things wrong, and Trump does a lot of things right. And but he I'm, does things. He just does things. Yes. I'm about that. He is an energizer bunny. Uh, he is running around and I have to make a, a hats off to him for making decisions. Even if they're right or wrong, he's trying. That is more than I've seen from a lot of presidents in a lot of years. And I mean, I'm including Republican and Democrat presidents in the back. So I don't like everything he does. I'm going to be quite honest with you. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, some of his tweets are like, really? I do a Scooby on some of his tweets. Double wolf? Yeah, double wolf. Come on, man. You know, now Biden is so much entertainment. uh, You can't buy this kind of entertainment. He, you nailed it in our pre-show discussion, Michael. He has lost the ability. He has to try to get some of his base back. He just... He tried. He gave up. Mm-hmm. Tell me what you said right before a pre-show, because you were dead on right. Again, I didn't watch the debate, but if when I watched the clip, and that's dangerous to just watch a clip and not watch the whole thing, <laughs> but the clip that I saw, right? My first thought was, okay, he's he's now given up on reaching across the aisle. Yep, and is more worried about shoring up his base. At least that's what I. Why else would you say that? There's no need to say that. No, because there's, and, and, and Trump, he shouldn't have to say, he shouldn't have to say I'm going to kill the oil and gas industry. He shouldn't have to say that. Oh, uh, and, and, but he has to. But why does he say that? Uh, That's the real question. Why does he have to say that? Well, there's a couple reasons. One, he actually believes it. I don't believe that because he's been multi. He said every data point leading up to this has said he's not terribly interested in ban. You know what I mean? He's backed away from a lot of these comments. Oh, he's two. I just think he's getting data. Hey, you know, the hardcore part of my base may not vote for me, may not actually turn out They're They, they don't like me just as much as they didn't like Hillary. Uh, 
this. So that's what I got. I'm not a political analyst. This is no. Neither, no this neither is am I. we're already too deep into this, but um, you know, we you know, don't, I think we're thinking the same language here. Uh, I like discussions on. I'm just going to say this. Let's get energy to all the poor people in the world. Let's do it with, um, you know, so you call me almost a green uh, energy. Okay, great. If, if it's the lowest kilowatt per hour, great. Give me some politicians, though, that I'll actually, I can trust. I don't care what party you're with. There's Republicans, Democrats. They are untrustworthy. Um, the one thing I will say is I didn't realize how far the deep state went. The deep state goes all the way back to Republicans before uh, Obama. So I'm I'm not saying it's Democrat, it's Republican and Democrat, just to make sure everybody's hearing what I'm saying. I'm disgusted. What other show can you tune into where you can hear about what's going on in the crude oil markets, but then also hear deep state talk? Oh, I mean, I've, we cover a wide range of issues here, folks. This uh, is why this is the greatest show on the planet. Well, you know, we, um, want, we want feedback. And I tell you what, if anybody has either way, I want to hear, I like, uh, unlike some people, I like having discussions. I want to hear both sides. And I'm going to get into religion agree. for just one second. I have read the Book of Mormon the book of mm -hmm. the Quran, uh, the Bible, and I enjoy talking to people about the differences in their religions. That is philosophical, and I love that. I also love... Start calling you Socrates. I don't know if I'm Socrates. I got a knothead. I mean, but anyway, I Play love talking to people about right. their... Uh, Buddhism, India, folks from India. I love them. I love people in all forms. Doesn't matter. You're a human. I want to talk to you. That being said, I also like renewable. I also like nuclear. I also like it, but I want the best for the people. So you're hearing my rant today. Let's be human. Thank you for letting me rant. I'm going to start. Your new title on the show is International Man of Mystery, Stuart Socrates Turley. That's how I'm going to start introducing you. That's, that's brilliant. Um, I wish we could spend the whole show talking about um, philosophical stuff, but we have, we've got a couple of stories that, stories that dropped overnight before we were able to record this. Um, we're already over an hour here, so we're going to try to get you guys out of here on decent time. First is we cut the live show yesterday, and right after we got done with it, News drops that EQT, the largest Appalachian and Marcellus producer, is in talks to buy CNX resources. This is fascinating. Now, all it is is citing sources. They've just sent a takeover proposal to CNX, and no final decision has been made. We don't even know what the terms are yet. This makes sense, though, and I like the M&A on the gas side. This is, now, this is different than the oil side, so let's... You know, let's separate the two issues here and say, well, Mike, you're not interested in M&A anymore. Well, this is gas. So remember, we got to remember, you know, what we're talking about here. We're talking about either gas or oil. You know, in, in, in a note that was sent out by to sti uh, uh, a stifle analyst this morning, it sounds like CNX might have some resistance from this. Um, hmm. They rate because they, they have they have CNX rated as a buy. And if you're rated as, you know, why would, you know, 
generally, if you're an analyst, you rate somebody as a buy, unless there's a large premium in cash associated with it, it's not. JP Morgan came out that so it's a skeptical deal unless it's no premium or very low premium. So there you go. So they, they, they see the EQT is going to just up their offer for Chevron's Appalachian assets. So mixed reporting going on from the, you know, kind of the analyst section when we look at this deal. Um, Scotiabank's Holly Stewart also wrote in a note that the deal could make sense given the included terms overlaps, um, CNX. But again, you know, I fall back on, you know, the JP Morgan quote, which was they're skeptical on this deal unless it's premium or very low premium, about 5% or less, which falls in line with what we're seeing. Parsley got four and a half. You know, Contro getting 15 sounds like a woo, a deal. Also, uh, Laredo Petroleum reaffirmed their borrowing base, uh, $525 million, uh, which is actually, uh, you know, I would have thought they, this, they, they were somebody on the brink, I thought. Um, you know, Tulsa-based company drilling in Howard County. <laughs> why, why are you going to have your offices in Tulsa if you're going to drill pure Permian player? I don't, just... It just that just Thanks, it always man. boggles me. It's like those spacs that go out of. It's like that uh, Terry Pagula's new energy spac. It's out of Marla or it's out of uh, like Naples, Florida. Oh yeah, that'll go well. Um, uh, Tulsa used to be uh, the big. Uh, you know, I mean, it was the energy capital of the world. And you have well, that's because you have the stack there. I just I'm I'm always wary of companies. You know, we have an office in Denver, but all we do is drill in the permit. Well, why? Well, I know you don't want to live in Midland, but. That's, I know. That's just for me. It that's a governance issue for me yep. to be square. Now, you can disagree with me. Oh, well, we were here. We were there. I, you got. You know. I think some of the best companies are one when they're you. You. You see the people that are in charge there every day, and there's no. You know what I mean? I mean. I'm yes, I get it. These super major. I think that's. I great. get it. The, yeah, I mean. I mean, I, I think it's cool. You see the C. I think it'd be cool to see the CEO of companies walk around there. Like, He's a normal dude, kind of. Maybe. <laughs> maybe they're all robots. I don't know. They show off to reapply for their jobs. If they're gonna make their. If they're gonna make, I'm, I'm gonna just. I'm oh, gonna stop quit ranting. Let's save that for the uh, next show. We'll save that for the next one. Um, also, speaking of our buddies over at Ring Energy, they had they're doing an 18 million dollar direct offering of shares, which is probably gonna hopefully sure up a reduce in their borrowing base, or at least that's what we're thinking over here. Um, you know, again, napkin math here. Reports on the street: eleven percent reduction um, of their borrowing base, and their share count. Besides, the share count is going to go up by sixty-two percent of this. So let's just get an idea here. They have three hundred. Again, napkin math here, folks. So cut me some slack here. Three hundred fifty-two million in debt as of August first. Probably do twenty to twenty-five million in, 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 in positive free cash flow. And about ten to fifteen million in free cash flow from August eleventh to November. So that's so twenty five to twenty five or twenty to twenty five million. That's quarter two. So they're probably sitting about thirty thirty five million. Thus, by the end of beginning of November, they might have around three hundred and forty million of net debt. It assumes minimal capex costs. I did about one million per quarter because that's what they showed in their ten Q statements. And that's WTO prices about forty bucks. So what that means is that eighteen million, they might only need six of that to cover their interest payments on their borrowing base because their borrowing base they're tapped out right now. We see a borrowing base reduction by twenty million. They've got thirty million sitting in cash. They raise another eighteen million. You're looking at about probably forty-eight million in cash on hand right now. It's probably plenty for what they'll need. But I like the move because it sure it, it makes sure they're not in a precarious position and allows them to continue to do some capex stuff. So 
Um, again, these numbers could come out wrong. We do napkin math on the show, but I think they're going to be good in their redetermination. It comes out in November. It comes out in November here, so uh, something we're going to have to talk with Paul about. You bet. I'm taking notes. All right. I think that finishes up everything for this week, Stu. We miss anything? My head hurts. Yeah, my head hurts too, but... Uh, uh, that, that's a line out of Monty Python, and you and I are going to have to have the nap- napkins when those guys are saying, my head hurts. My brain hurts. Excuse me, my brain hurts. But anyway, we're off to the first part of a hall pass. And part one of the hall pass, guys, just subscribe, 360 Digital Closing Wheel, iTunes, Spotify, Oil and Gas 360 on YouTube, the best way to stay up to date on all of your energy markets. Do whatever makes the algorithms go nuts. Go ahead and cue the music. We're going to let you get out of here and get back to work, finish up your week, and start the weekend right. For Stuart Turley, I'm Michael Tino. Thank you for checking us out, 360 Digital Closing Wheel, the Oil and Gas Show on iTunes. We will see you guys this afternoon for the Digital Ticker.